This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Insiders, the PowerCat Insiders podcast, sponsored by Blue Mark Energy, Tim Fitzgerald, and Matt Walters. That's it. That's your entire lineup today. We're not being hit by COVID. We're being hit by other meetings, I think. It's unfortunate. I know it uh, It makes many of you disappointed not to have Ryan Black and Travis Tanhill, but you get the old farts today, and we're going to share our knowledge, like why you should join up with Blue Mark Energy Does your company or your employer spend $4,000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Matt Walters, just like old times, you and I, buddy. Good day. Yeah. Uh, how was your off week? What, did you uh, spend it doing off week stuff or just uh, – I, I see you haven't been shaving. That's good. Uh, it's approaching wintertime and it's November, so I'm giving that a roll. But nice. uh, I got a little bit of golf on Sunday. It was nice. I hadn't done that in a month and a half or thereabouts. So it's good. Nice. Uh, like the chill in the air. It's a little breezy, which that's okay. But, yeah, good, good way to finish off the off week. Now, here we go. Here we go. That's exactly right. Three games to go in three weeks. Question one is obvious this. what Will K-State get that game in? Chris Kleiman just talked about it on the Big 12 teleconference. They are flirting with a couple position groups not having enough players to play. Man, Matt, to get this far into the season and lose a game would suck, but that is 2020, isn't it? Yeah, I would hate to see that happen. Uh, you, you keep your fingers crossed. Um, it was a wild past weekend with, you know, all sorts of games in the SEC getting uh, postponed. The Pac-12, likewise, and then you know, in the Pac-12, they get the the what Cal UCLA game rescheduled. It's a snap of a finger, and they play, you know, early on Sunday. So. Who knows? It's the, the the vibe, and when I say the vibe, I don't mean just K-State. I'm just talking countrywide is the vibe is the numbers aren't going the right way, and uh, we, we've not seen the end of this. There's going to be a lot of, you know, 11th-hour decisions to either play a game or, you know, to unfortunately have to, to call a game due to COVID. Yeah, it sucks. It really does, and um... – the numbers are skyrocketing, and it really seems to be tied mostly to Halloween weekend and things that went on around the country. But that's a lot of small towns are having it strike right now. It's just really unfortunate we've gotten this far into the season. It bodes well for the Big 12, though, that they've uh, kind of been through this. You know, Chris Kleiman mentioned that about half of its players have had COVID now, so you would think they're going to be okay through football season. But 
His concern was the other half hasn't had them, and what if it strikes that half? Uh, no controlling that, though, Matt. Let's talk football. Iowa State's pretty good. Uh, I'm not completely sold on him, uh, but I am sold on Brees Hall. Uh, that, that kid is really special, and um, boy, K-State missed, missed out on that one. When you lose a kid in your backyard to a team in your own conference, it stings. It, it hurts double because you got to play him, and you also got to play him knowing that um, the previous staff wasn't able to get him wrapped up in the recruiting process. Yeah, and the new staff really didn't have a chance no. to, to try and land Brees Hall. So, you know, he's – I tell you, that kid has skyrocketed, you know, into stardom early on in his career at Iowa State. He's, he's gained some weight. He is strong. Uh, I, I like how he runs the football. And, you know, Iowa State's always a, a different beast at home. They've got they've got playmakers in a lot of spots. Um, you know, you talk about Kolar, tight end. Uh, as well, you know, they've, they've got some guys on defense. I think Matt Campbell's done a good job in upping the recruiting, um, you know, talent, which is what, you know, Kansas State has done and, and will have to continue to do. But uh, it's, you know, uh, it's going to be a handful. Iowa State is locked and loaded. You know, they're they're smelling a chance to play in the, the conference championship game as well. So, uh, you know, throw that into the mix. There could be some rain in the forecast, it sounds like, on Saturday. So it could be a lot of different elements that, uh, that figure into this ball game. And you look at the all-time series, Fitzy, there's just one win difference between Iowa State and K-State. The Cyclones have the advantage. So this is, you know, this is always, um, to me, a, a, fun, a fun game, and it's a fun series. Is it a rivalry, Matt Walters? Or is Farmageddon all orchestrated? Yeah, the, the I'm going to say Farmageddon on the back burner, but I think there's a little something to this rivalry. I, I don't, you know, by by the letter of the law, no, it's probably not a rivalry. I mean, K-State's won 11 of the last 12. Um, so, again, by, by the proper definition, it's not – a rivalry, but I think there's a little something uh, to this just because of the, the proximity, again, the the type of schools that both Iowa State and, and K-State are. And, you know, I think it's become a little more of uh, of a game that you can talk in that vein just because of, you know, what, what Matt Campbell has done. Um, you know, they're, they're getting off, blowing doors off, but, you know, they're, they're beating people. They've beaten Oklahoma and they're beating some – you know, some of the upper echelon teams in the conference. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think it's going to lessen, let's just say that. I think, if anything, it's going to continue to grow into more of a rivalry-type contest over the years. You know, I almost feel like the tension's grown in this series uh, because the games are close, but also because Nebraska left and kind of left a vacuum in between the two schools. They both had Nebraska to kind of focus on, and now they focus on each other, mostly because Matt Campbell is – got the Cyclones playing pretty good football. Give me your thoughts on Matt Campbell as a college football coach. Uh, I, I think he's above average. I think the the book is still out on him. You know, how long does he stay at Iowa State? To what level does he get that program? You know, the, the energy and the enthusiasm from the fan base 
is there. Their facilities continue to be upgraded, uh, which you know you can you can say that about a lot of places, but I think it's because of the enthusiasm that's been injected back into Iowa State football, and Matt Campbell's got a lot to do with that. Um, you know, his coaching staff has a lot of energy. I think there's something to be said uh, for that. He's not, you know, in my opinion, he's not ready for that, you know, that next huge jump that I think some people believe he's ready for. He may get there, but, uh, you know, he's he's done a nice job so far, I think, with Iowa State's program. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know that that can really be argued. It, uh, he, he's made Iowa State into somebody you got to pay closer attention to, that's for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I'm curious, though, to see how this plays out for Matt Campbell. If he just stays there in Ames where right. six, seven, and eight wins are considered you know, great seasons, eight wins is just like a Heisman trophy to Iowa State fans because they haven't had a large amount of success in recent history. Uh, or he moves on to a school where, you know, frankly, eight wins would be disappointing. It, it certainly is something to see. I, I think he's a good coach. I, I like him a lot, but. I don't think he's as good as some people perceive him to be. Um, and, you know, just the the fact that he's never quite gotten over the hump. And maybe this is it. Maybe this is the season they get over the hump, Matt. They're they're in control of the Big 12 right now. If they want to be there, you know, they can beat K-State and win a couple more games and get to the championship game, which would be a significant step for the program. It really would be uh, cool for Iowa State to be able to do that. But K-State's a thorn in their side. I mean, Chris Kleiman won the first meeting between the two last year. I think Matt Campbell has the better team. I think he'll have the healthier team, at least from the outside looking in. And still, I think K-State might win. Just, you know how rivalries work that way. Sometimes matchups just, the one team seems to win more than the other team for reasons you can't fully explain. And that certainly is what's happened in this series as of late. Well, and to to back up for just a moment, Fitz, I, I think you can you can put Chris Kleiman and, and Matt Campbell into the same category in that both guys are still pretty young with their programs. Obviously, Coach Kleiman in his second year at K State, and I don't think anybody expected Matt Campbell to turn Iowa State into you know a, a consistent top two, top three team in the Big Twelve just in a handful of you know two or three three or four years he has bumped them up in the conference and i i think that's why you know you have to take note it's not like you know he has stepped in at texas or he stepped in at oklahoma and done what he's done it's it's a little more difficult in Ames, iowa just like it's a little more difficult um some people think here in manhattan and i think you have to you give these guys four or five or you know again maybe a few years more than that to to really see what there is. It, it takes time to get virtually everything in place that you want to as a head coach. Um, you know, it's uh, the environment, I think, up in Ames has gotten a lot better. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I don't know if I'd call it intimidating, but uh, the people up there care yeah. a lot more. It's not just, you know, it's not just Iowa football. Iowa State's a, a factor and. You know, like K-State, they've gone all over the place to get recruits. So I, I think Iowa State's a team that you keep your eye on. Um, they're kind of in that next layer in the Big 12. And um, I, I think they're making the conference 
better right now. But what you have to do is you have to win games on the road and, and hold serve at home. And what's really interesting is that West Virginia is the only team that has not lost a home game this year in conference play. They're the only unbeaten at home. But um, it's it's interesting to me how Iowa State has been able to go get some of the guys that they've landed in that program and then making that consistent. And that's, you know, that's what coach Kleiman and his staff are trying to do here at K-State. You're exactly right. They keep sneaking into this area and stealing kids. And, you know, that says a lot about their aggressive nature in recruiting and that's a credit to them. Um, Well, and Fitzy, they've also, they've also snagged guys out of Oklahoma. You know, everybody's going to go get guys out of Texas, but you know, they, the, the Colar kid, they took out from underneath, uh, OU's knows. I don't know if Oklahoma was quite as interested in him, but you know, K State does the same thing uh, at times, and that's that's what you have to do, and that's what people have to remember: is Texas and Oklahoma can't take everybody, and not everybody wants to go there. So, uh, kids that get opportunities in places like K State and Iowa State, I I tell them jump at them, get after them, because you're going to have a great chance to to play and and do things in a big time conference. Okay, man. as they come out of this off week and head into the final three weeks, what are your biggest concerns with this Kansas State football team? Well, you start with health, uh, which is now creeped back into the mix. A couple of weeks ago, I don't think that was really a factor. Um, you know, Will Howard, uh, when I say Will Howard, I'm not thinking concern at the moment, but does he continue to grow? You know, does he... Does he plateau now or does he, you know, pick things back up? What what were the two weeks this past week, this coming week, you know, what were they like for him in terms of what has he learned? Uh, There there are some of those little mistakes that he's made that you'd like to see get cleaned up. Um, You know, I hope he doesn't feel like he has to force the issue with certain throws, and we've seen that. Uh, obviously, the Oklahoma State game, you know, still comes to mind. But what is what has he done to grow and and help this football team? You know, th- to me, Fitz, I still I hate to sound like a broken record, but my goodness, the wide receivers have to help out. They have to do something to help this football team uh, out because they're not right now. I don't think they're making their quarterback better. And if Briley Moore is not able to for some reason, he's not able to play again this Saturday. You know, K-State's probably going to have to use some smoke and mirrors like they did successfully against Oklahoma State, but it's going to be it'll be tough sledding if that's the case. Are fans being unfair with Will Howard right now? I mean, there's a lot of criticism of him on social media, which is the main function of social media nowadays. But the, the kid's a true freshman in a position none of us expected with receivers that aren't functioning with injuries around a new offensive line. Uh, I'm actually impressed he hasn't been worse. Let's put it that yeah, way. I, I just overall, think mistakes are going to happen. Yeah, overall, I mean, there's that little substation in social media that's being critical. But, you know, considering where he is, he didn't have spring football, what he's done, I think the vast majority, you know, you know, uh, are right behind Will Howard. His teammates are. I like the leadership that's being shown by uh, the guys around Will Howard, his teammates, and uh, I'd, I'd say 95% are, you know, fully entrenched in Will Howard, and they sh- they should be. You know, it's going to be 
it will be fun down the road to see how the quarterback competition at K-State plays out, not just next year and if Skylar Thompson comes back, but for the next you know four or five years. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting uh, once they get all these recruits, and they'll continue to recruit that position. That's one. I, that's a position I think the staff wants to take a guy a year, one guy a year because you just have attrition and you can't be shorthanded. I, I can't figure out the receivers, Matt. I don't know what has gone wrong with these receivers. I know they've had an injury in Wyking Gill and a departure in Joshua Youngblood, but Malik Knowles has played, even for a guy that's been banged up and fighting injuries, you can see his confidence is wavering. He just doesn't have the same swagger, if you want to put it that way, that he's had in the past. Uh, I thought Sebastian Taylor was ready to step up, and now he's kind of got the dropsies a little bit. Phillip Brooks has been pretty good, but I think Phillip Brooks as a receiver is just a guy that's going to play a role. Uh, so you begin to wonder where they're going to get the plays from. I mean, can a Keenan Garber step up and be a guy? Uh, can he start picking things up? Do they need to try to put some different guys at receiver and just see what happens? Or is this what it is for the 2020 season? I hate to say it, but I think maybe the latter yeah. is the answer. Uh, and it's it's upon each individual to improve. Uh, it's upon each individual to be of, of sound mind between ear and ear. Uh, and, you know, K-State's wide receivers aren't bad. They're just, they're not playing well. Uh, but I still go back to, uh, you, you know, you brought up Malik and Shabastin. I think both of those guys in particular need to realize that they, that they, are very good wide receivers, but they can still get better and they need to become a threat. Uh, they need to make opposing defenses concerned about them going into ball games. And right now, that's to me, that's the issue with K-State's wide receiving cores, that they don't have anybody that, that scares, you know, opposing defensive coordinators. Um, you know, they're, they're solid, they're serviceable right now, but there's so much more that they can do. And and for Kansas State, with the next three games, two of them on the road, uh, those guys have to make some plays. They have to make some plays because right now everybody is loading up to shut down Deuce Vaughn. That has opened up some avenues for Will Howard in the quarterback run game. But again, you hold your breath because you don't want him to get, you know, just plastered and and knocked out of a ball game. But I think for Kansas State to continue to take some steps forward and give themselves chances to win here in these next three ball games, whether it's Brooks, Knowles, Taylor, uh, Keenan Garber, you know, whatever the case, those guys have to start making plays. You know, you can't have your wide receiver group having like five catches, six catches in a ball game. That's that's just not acceptable. Particularly with Bradley Moore banged up, Sammy Wheeler gone for the year now. Um, and defense is zoning in on Deuce Vaughn. Um, you just need these guys I'm to step up. Just, I'm glad you just said Sammy Wheeler. I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt there, but I'm glad you said Sammy Wheeler because let's say Bradley Moore doesn't go on Saturday. You're talking about a third-string tight end. And K-State's really thin there. Connor Fox has a chance to be good. You know, Nick Lenders has not seen a lot of passes his direction this year. But yet again, there's another position where K-State is at the snap of a finger really thin. And to me, that just means opposing defenses are going to gang up that much more to stop 
number 22 because they're not going to be scared of wide receiver and they're not going to be scared by who K-State has a tight end. That's incredible. This kid's a true freshman. And if you go back and watch what Oklahoma State did, they were watching every move Deuce Vaughn made. They had him boxed in. And and really, they put K-State in a position, and I, I the announcers hit on this pretty hard, uh, where they have to use Deuce as a decoy instead of a weapon. And it seemed to work a little bit against Oklahoma State. But, boy, um, that's still a, achieving what Oklahoma State wants or the opposing team wants, Deuce Vaughn not having the ball. That's what they want. Uh, and they kind of force you to do that just by the way they're defending, which brings it all more home. Maybe Malik Knowles and Sebastian Taylor need to be more involved around the line of scrimmage, you know, short passes, uh, the jet sweep, anything to kind of get them in the rhythm. But then again, Malik's been beaten up, so you want to toss him the ball on a jet sweep and let him get banged up on a run around the line of scrimmage. It's a it's kind of a Rubik's Cube, and I don't know which way to move the parts to try to get this offense working, but they're short on tools, period. They're, they got two true freshmen that are leading the way, an offensive line that's improving, and, man, I can't – with Brownie Moore out, I can't tell you anything else to lean on. It's it's incredible. I think that I think to keep Knowles healthy, you know, we didn't see him really in the return game against Oklahoma State, and I think that's the way it's got to be is, you know, save him from kickoff return uh, and just – you know, put him out there a wide receiver. And maybe that's, you know, that's a way in, in certain instances you can get the confidence going again for Malik and for Shabaston is get them involved early in some short to intermediate routes, get them some catches. Uh, you know, it's it's not very often that they're just blowing by guys and, and getting wide open deep down the field. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what Saturday's, going to be like but iowa state's going to pin its ears back and they are going to be coming full board k-state they certainly will that's a 3 p.m kickoff on saturday up in ames kansas state iowa state it's farmageddon we can you can argue about the value of that name for a rivalry all day if you want but i'm going to call it farmageddon i like this series matt and there's a little tension between the fan base and Uh, That's always good. After the break, Matt and I will take a look around the Big 12, see what's going on, and around the nation because college football is kind of entering the stretch run, which is weird because it seems like the Pac-12 just showed up to the party. That and more as PowerCat Insiders Podcast continues right after this. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, 
roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the Insiders. There's only two of us today. Matt Walters and Tim Fitzgerald. Ryan Black is off doing Ryan Black things. Travis Tannehill, I think, is hunting. I know he said he was busy, but I bet he's out hunting or doing doing manly things like Travis Tannehill does. Not us. Not us. We, we're going to talk about K-State football. Matt, I'm fired up for Oklahoma-Oklahoma State on Saturday night. I, I think that's a really, really good game this year. Uh, I think Oklahoma State's catching Oklahoma at its best, and Oklahoma State is pretty beaten up. So I'm intrigued to watch how this one plays out. But I was amazed to see the spread come out 10, 11 points in favor of Oklahoma. Just amazed. That's a lot of points for against a really good Oklahoma State team. Yeah, Oklahoma's you know been been rolling. They're trending the right direction. Uh, I think in I think in Saturday's game between those two, Oklahoma State's running game to me is intriguing in this matchup because you know Chuba Hubbard didn't do much against K State. He also got a little dinged up. He's the North and South guy, and there's part of me that thinks that LD Brown is is going to be and needs to be a huge impact in that ball game on Saturday. But, you know, we, even though we're outside of the confines of that state, when you talk about Bedlam, it's always fun. You want to talk about rivalries there. I mean, there you go. That's one of the, it's one of the great ones in mid American. It doesn't matter what the sport is. It's amazing. Oklahoma state enters this game at five and one. Of course, they've had one game uh, displaced and moved to the end of the season with Baylor. That's the only big 12 game conference game, at least that has been, Moved so far this year. Oklahoma's 5-2 and two in the conference, but they started 0-2, so they have recovered nicely. And let's be honest here, Spencer Rattler has cleaned up a lot of his mistakes. He's beginning to show the signs of the great quarterback he was advertised to be, and I'm glad K-State caught him early because they caught him early and got to him in the fourth quarter of that game, got a victory, got out of town, and move on to other opponents. I think that was great fortune for K-State and Oklahoma State to catch the Sooners out of the gate. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I'll ask you, who do you like in that ballgame? Do you like Oklahoma or do you like Oklahoma State? I like Oklahoma to win. I like Oklahoma State to cover. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it'll be a good game. But um, I think Oklahoma's playing as well as anyone right now around the country there. I think they're they're kind of clicking. But then again, you know, who have they played lately? You know, they're, they're picking up some wins, but they've already played K-State and Iowa State and lost. They played Texas and almost lost against, you know, and against a team that I don't think is that good. Maybe they're playing better now, but I'm not that overwhelmed by Texas, even though the media seems to always love them when they start winning. Uh, I think maybe Oklahoma's had some confidence-building wins as of late. Uh, They certainly beat up on Kansas, which I'm sure was an enjoyable day at the office, but uh, they're going to get a much bigger test than they've had in a long time. Let's put it that way. They they haven't really been pushed lately. And Oklahoma State's defense is, is legit. They're athletic enough. Uh, again, they're beat up in a couple of spots, but 
Yeah, that's that's going to be quite a tug of war on on Saturday. Again, to me, I think it's the. I think both quarterbacks will will have some success, but to me, it's the the ground game uh, because both teams have the ability to to do very good things rushing the football, and and that's I think that's an area to keep a close eye on come Saturday. It's going to be entertaining, and. You know, that's one thing I think some people are missing that, yeah, K-State's lost two in a row, but West Virginia and Oklahoma State have the two best defenses in this conference. Uh, you know, and watching football from beginning to end so far this year in the Big 12, those are the two best defenses. And Iowa State, Oklahoma, Kansas State are all kind of hovering around there in the next tier and maybe Texas, but um, really if you follow the defenses, they're going to lead you to the top of the conference. And um West Virginia has, as you mentioned, won their home games, but left some games on the table on the road. Tech, really disappointing. Texas, I think they kind of got screwed in that game a little bit, but they lost. Um, and But I think West Virginia is going to have something to say down the stretch too because of that defense. I was surprised this past weekend how many of the the talking or the national talking heads thought TCU was going to walk into – the Milan Pushkar and get out of there with the win. I, I mean, they kept they kept saying about TCU and TCU. And I'm, what are you talking about? Because West Virginia's defense will be able to shut down uh, TCU, and they did. Uh, I mean, they they suffocated Duggan and company. So West Virginia's defense is legit. And I tell you, you want to talk about transfer of the year? I think that's Tony Fields. Yeah is he makes approximately 30 tackles a game, it feels like. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. You can't escape him. What a what an incredible addition for that program. Oh, man, that kid can play. And, and it turned out Arizona went ahead and was trying to play football out there. But I think he's pretty happy he made the change. I would think so. He's Because yeah. right now he's in the spotlight, without a doubt. I'm just, I'm, I'm just stunned at how much brand respect TCU gets. <clears throat> They get a lot of respect for Gary Patterson and the brand. And maybe this is a a little bias from a guy that covers K-State, but I never felt Bill Snyder and K-State got that same kind of brand respect that TCU gets, even though the records through the years have been very, very comparable. I don't know. Let me, 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 I guess, turn that question back around. Did K-State get the brand respect, but it was years ago as compared to TCU getting it now? I mean, would you look at it? Would you look at it that way? That you know, once Bill Snyder got K State out of the doldrums, started winning games, you know, got a conference title, was winning nine, ten games most years. Did K State get the brand respect then? And then it started to waver, and now that's you know, maybe that's TCU. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I think once uh, 04 and 05 happened for Coach Snyder, um, he. He came back, and the brand didn't get respect. He got more respect after the retirement. I was fascinated by that. People always poo-pooed what he did, like he cut corners, recruited Juco guys. And then after he disappeared and came back, I think there was a lot of uh, uh, reevaluation of what he had done and how he started to do it again at K-State. So it switched from K-State to maybe him a little bit, but – uh, if you look back at the polls, preseason polls, TCU has consistently been picked above Kansas State. And I think over that 
Snyder 2.0 period. I haven't really looked at the numbers, but the two coaches were really comparable, very comparable in their results. I just found it very intriguing. I don't know. This is the PowerCat Insider Podcast brought to you by Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Uh, the other game in the conference is Texas at Kansas. Uh, first of all, I was astonished to see a 29-point spread with Texas on the road. That is the opposite of brand respect. Now Kansas is absolutely getting hammered by the money in Vegas, I think, after setting, what, a 38-point line against Oklahoma that wasn't even close to enough, and I knew it wasn't enough. Is this game going to be a four-touchdown or more victory by Texas and Kansas? I, I just still find that hard to believe, even though KU's not very good. Should be. Yeah. I mean, tech, there's no reason Texas doesn't win that game by 40-plus points. If they, are, if they are dialed in, enthused, and want to play, uh, that game should be at least a 40-point ball game. Incredible. And it's supposed to be a beautiful day in the Midwest here on a Saturday, at least in Kansas. They might be looking at mid-60s and the sun and – that's not what you want when Texas comes to town. You want 30 degrees. You want them unhappy about being there, that their peanut butter and jelly halftime sandwiches are too cold. Uh, I still blame Mac Brown for what's going on. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm entertained by the Big 12 this year, outside of Kansas, which is proving to be awful. Um, I'm entertained. I watched much of that Baylor Tech game. I think there's a, you know some pretty good teams here. I think there's winnable games, but it doesn't quite feel the same. I feel like Tech and Baylor can beat you at any moment. They can hop up and get you. Um, and that doesn't make it life very easy for Kansas State going to Iowa State, Baylor, and then coming home for Texas, does it? Yeah, I, I agree. It's been uh, as unique a year as any other. I, like you, I watched the majority, the vast majority of Baylor and Texas Tech. I'm sure Baylor is still mm. kicking itself today for letting that one get away. And then you got the the storyline for Texas Tech, uh, the Garibay kid who, you know, does the kicking and does the punting and just has a, a lights out day, winds up winning the ball game for him. Texas Tech flipped back and forth much of the day between uh, Columbia and, and Bowman. And I think in some respects, Bowman had kind of been written off. And look what he does. He helps bring. Texas Tech back, so it's uh, the, the conference race is not done. It's going to go down to the very end. And I think the, I just think the the margin between number one and number nine in the conference is, is that much thinner. KU's out on its own island because there's a huge disparity there. But uh, you, you have to be careful if you don't show up. You know whether you're at home, whether you're on the road this year. I think you you can get beat and it's not going to surprise me if we see a couple more of those before the end of the year. And again, Fitz winning at home is different than winning on the road, but whether you're at home or whether you're on the road, the, the crowd factor is, is non-existent this year. You don't have the 80, 90, hundred thousand helping create that energy and help bringing teams from behind. It's, it's all from the sidelines right now. 
And we learned over the weekend that the pride of Wildcat land will not be at the K-State Texas game to to conclude the season due to COVID concerns. Um, That is one piece of that remained of the home field advantage. Uh, If you're Mike Gundy, it was too much of a piece of the home field advantage as it sounded like the K-State band might have been playing into the the, uh, snap of the ball, which you're not supposed to do, but that sucks. I mean, there isn't much environment right now at a home football game. At least the pride was there. And now I don't know if we're going to have like vanilla ice playing before plays or what, or they'll pipe in band music. It's just going to be very strange on what December 5th at Bill Snyder family stadium. Yeah, uh, that's correct. And remember Oklahoma state also put yellow lines up on their video board. Yeah, that was, as well, so that was sketchy. That was sketchy. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't as well executed as you would think. The lines were too thick. You, you got to go out there and measure what it looks like for a, for a kicker. Uh, it's been a crazy year, Matt. Um, I'm just really happy that the Big 12 started and got after it and said, uh, well, we're not going to put this off. We need this number of days to get ready for football and snap it. And mid-September they were playing, and here we are. Seven games in. If the rest of the schedule is wiped out, the Big 12 and its members have accomplished more this season than anyone thought. And that's that's been a really positive sign for the Big 12. A really nice, um, like encouraging sign that the Big 12 is kind of turning the corner and might be um, really stable because the members all dove back into playing and said, you know, maybe we'll get shut down, but we're going to go. And it's been the right decision. It's been a brilliant decision. I thought uh, before the season got started, I thought if K-State could play eight games, that would be miraculous. Uh, Lord knows what's going to happen when we get to basketball, and that's mm. not far away. Uh, again, things aren't looking great uh, at the moment around the country, but I think basketball is going to be uh, an extremely difficult session the next few months. But, you know, again, like you said, kudos to the Big 12 for – you know, doing everything imaginable and going way beyond uh, the perceived boundaries before, you know, all this hit to, to figure some things out and how to get it done. And to all the individual schools as well, you know, kudos, kudos to them because, uh, you know, the, the fact that the Big Trolls gotten to this point uh, and it, it, is, it has been hit less, you know, I, I think than the SEC and, and so forth uh, is a positive, but let's see if somehow, some way, the Big Twelve can finish finish strong this year and get virtually all the games in, if at all possible. I'm very concerned about basketball, mostly because uh, we're seeing teams schedule for the most part the Little Apple Classic, something different. But most teams are scheduling as they always have. You know, a lot of travel. Uh, they're going to bang around the entire conference during basketball. And Matt, I just don't think it's going to work this year. I think you're too many variables in there with COVID. You lose a couple guys to COVID, and you've lost a couple guys for five, six games. And it, that's going to be really difficult. Um, how does K-State have a successful season? They stay healthy. They stay out of those predicaments. Don't get COVID. You know, be the healthy team and uh, line up and consistently get better. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be in the top half of the conference if they do that, but they may not be in 10th. And I, I think that's... That's really important for this team just to find success however you can define it this season as young as they are. 
a bunch of freshmen and sophomores and a junior college transfer and one senior. It's I've never seen anything like it. It's it's incredible, and it'll be interesting to see how Bruce Weber and company handle this. Yeah, interesting waters to navigate. Uh, I know I cringed when the when the Ivy League came out at the end of last week and said they're canceling all winter sports. So uh, to me, it kind of knocked me back on my heels a little bit, thinking, you know, we're just uh, you got to go with the flow. You just have to don't try and predict anything. Just wait and see what happens, and it. it Fitzy, it takes everybody, whether it's players, trainers, coaches, whatever the case, it, it takes everybody being smart and responsible uh, if the basketball season is going to get in. But uh, the odds aren't very good. An, an idea I saw early on for college basketball for the Big 12 was to do three bubbles, you know, spread out through the season. You play 18 conference games and do three bubbles of six games, maybe over a two-week period or a Monday to, you know, three Mondays included, so it's 15 days. Um, go back to your campuses, have a couple weeks class, and go to another bubble. And maybe all the bubbles are in Kansas City because you got so many available facilities in downtown Kansas City with hotel rooms that are mostly empty. I wish the conference would look at that, Matt. I just saw that the NCAA has announced or hasn't announced. They are looking at um, moving the entire NCAA tournament to Indianapolis this season, where the Final Four was supposed to be, but they have a lot of places to play in Indianapolis, and the entire field of 68 would go to Indianapolis. I don't know how the town would handle that um, infrastructure-wise, but there won't be crowds probably, so uh, it's not ideal, but I think that's just what you got to do right now is put teams in bubbles and, and try to get as many games. The NBA proved it can work. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, some validity to that. I, I don't know how far um, or if the, the Big 12 got down that road. I think Kansas City would be a, a good location for that. Uh, you know, I guess Oklahoma City could be a good location for that. You're not talking about fans, so don't worry about Oklahoma City there. But, again, in, when, it, when it came to football, the Big 12 did a lot of things uh, to ensure games are, are – at least having the opportunity to be played. And that's why I said we're, we're going to have to be fluid during the basketball season. I know a lot of the radio crews, Fitzy, in, in the conference aren't traveling. Mm. They're going to be staying in their communities and and calling home games and, and calling road games. So uh, it's uh, it's like wait five minutes and something's going to change. That's At least that's the, the MO I'm going by because I, I just think that's the way it's going to be for the next few months. I, I'm interested to get your thought on that. You know, as a, a guy who was a writer first, uh, I'm kind of used to covering games off TV. I mean, it, it can be done, and particularly now with Zoom postgame teleconferences, you, you don't really lose a lot. I mean, you, you miss out on being able to see some things, injuries, uh, maybe some coaching decisions, substitutions, those type of things you kind of miss out on. Uh, but you can still cover the game. Radio and TV, doing it remotely, has got to be a real challenge. But TV, when it's ESPN or Fox, they're in a studio someplace with loaded equipment and you know whatever high-speed high internet they need to be getting the games instantaneously. I think from city to city, that dude, calling a game on the radio off a of TV would be really difficult. What are your thoughts? And not something I've ever done, and I'm, I don't know that I'm looking forward to, to trying that, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It, uh, I think you're right. When it comes to, you know, Fox or ESPN, it, uh, or, you know, one of the one of the biggies, it, it's not going to be, it hasn't been that much 
uh, of an issue. Uh, I hope it's not for the broadcast crews, men's or women's around the Big 12. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see what transpires. But uh, people are learning a lot of new uh, traits and characteristics uh, of how to handle getting games on the air this season. It's crazy. Basketball tips next week. How's that? Little Apple Classic takes place starting in nine days. Basketball is nearing. Uh, hopefully they'll find a fourth team to come in and fill that slot. Um, I wish they'd just play a full round robin of all four, you know, three games playing everyone. Uh, of all the teams that drop out South Dakota State, are you serious? We invite you to the party, and then you, you quit the party to go to your own party. It's, just, it's not right, Matt. Not right. I like the I like the Jackrabbits program. I wanted to see them down here as well, but not this time. Well, we can't have a story from Catfish. No rants this week. He is out of pocket. So is Travis Tannehill. So you just heard Matt Walters and Tim Fitzgerald, two old farts talking sports. That could be our show. Have a great week, bud. Thank you, brother. This has been the Powercat Insiders Podcast, brought to you by GoPowerCat.com and Blue Mark Energy. Powercat Podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Thank you.